you're having a dinner party. It's last mm-hmm. minute. You've realized the cocktail I'm making. This this happens to Bobby all the time. The specialty cocktail that Josh is making. We're missing an item. We're missing a piece. And it can't be. Su- There's no substitutes. We have to go yeah. to the liquor store. But we don't we have, have time. We have to get this particular vermouth or amaro. But we can't leave because the oven's on. What are you going to do? What's the solution? What would you do? DoorDash. Because I know that I can get local restaurants, local stores, local establishments and get it to my apartment in no time. If you're looking to celebrate with some special drinks, here's to alcohol delivers with DoorDash. Getting ready to host, looking to celebrate a special night in, what about a bottle of wine to pair with dinner or some beer to go with your chips and dip? No matter the occasion, if drinks are called for, DoorDash has you covered. And then you know what? You tip right within the app. They get 100% of the tip. You got to tip your DoorDash drivers always. So save up to 25% off up to a $15 value when you spend $35 or more with code WHO24. So whether you're grabbing drinks for an event or staying in for the night, DoorDash is here to help you have a great evening any evening. Term supply must be 21 plus to order alcohol. Drink responsibly. Delivery and promotions available only in select markets. You will drain it. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And it's leaf blower season. It's just leaf you. blowers. <laughs> it's leaf blowers. I told you. Left and right, front and back. From here to next Tuesday, it's nuts. You guys can't hear them because our noise reduc- noise reducer, noise reduction technology takes out the blow. But oh boy, the soundtrack of my life is a leaf blower. Even noise reduction technology can only go so far. These people are blowing leaves left, left and, and right. right. Left and right. Where are they blowing them to? I don't know. I guess off of the sidewalk back onto the street. The thing is, it's so beautiful. Sometimes like this is we've reached sort of peak fall. It's all downhill from here. Where you walk down a street and the long sidewalks, the big wide sidewalks are just covered, covered in golden leaves, a layer of golden leaves. And it's so beautiful. And then here comes some guy with his loud CO2 emitting machine blowing them all away. Take a broom or something. (laughs) I can't. And also the noise is so... You know, like the, the varying degrees of like like soft white noise and then kind of like gray noise and like comforting mm-hmm. noise. This is like terrible noise. Just ugh, noise. We have a noise reduction filter that hopefully gets rid of those. Unfortunately, we don't have a cold reduction filter to make Lindsay seem less sick. Although you sound I less sick sound today. better today. I know. I've had a very long cold to the point where people were like, is Lindsay okay? And it's like, can't we can still get colds. <laughs> Watch out. You'll get a cold too, and you will you get all kinds COVID, of things. But it's not. There's so many things. It's just yes. a cold. Yeah. So I have should a cold I play for one of those time. calls? What was like, Lindsay? Wait, Lindsay, are you Lindsay, okay? <laughs> Lindsay, are you okay? Yeah, I need to find one. Wait, where's a good one? Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. I'm just calling in for a concern. Lindsay, do you have COVID? Like this has been going on for a little while. And like, you know, have you been tested? What's your process here? Were you nervous about it? I'm just intrigued. I'm terrified about getting sick. Have not been sick since whenever the before time. So just tell us what's going on. Thanks, girl. If I had COVID, you would probably know. I wouldn't be mm-hmm. doing this fucking podcast if no. I had COVID. <laughs> I would be doing other things. Lindsay's but... very responsible. Lindsay gets tested all the time. Yeah, Lindsay loves also, going to get tested. When I got sick, I got tested for COVID because I was honestly freaked out, and it was great. And then I realized, you know what? 
a lot of people are going to get normal colds because it's you're still going to get a cold. You could still get a cold. Did you get your flu shot? Yeah. Yeah, same. Love having Love my it. flu shot. Love Enough it. calls about sickness. Let's go into comments because we got a lot of comments. This first one, I forgot about this one. Okay, let's just get right into it. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby. I just had to pause the podcast. I'm out walking my dog and you just referred to the Taco Bell Chihuahua. And I did listen to, I think, what is the full segment on explaining the Chihuahua. But you called the Taco Bell Chihuahua a them. And I got to tell you, who is the Taco Bell Chihuahua? Was that a mascot? Was that like Tony the Tiger for Taco Bell? And when did they stop doing that? Because that's sort of fun. Although I don't really like Chihuahuas. Can you please explain? I don't really want to look this up because this feels like something that could be easily... Maybe this this is for a yes or no segment. I don't know. What is the ch- Taco Bell Chihuahua? Um, crunch Crunch. It's not a yes or no question. What is the Taco Bell Chihuahua? I don't, honestly, I don't believe this person at all. This isn't an Oscar-winning performance of a call asking <laughs> us who the Oscar Bell. I don't believe this at all. I will not. I will not be trolled, bullied, or fooled into explaining the Taco Bell Chihuahua. I will not be. Sorry, Bobby. You can do it. They used to talk about Chihuahua for like three years. Maybe this caller wasn't alive. Very possible this caller wasn't alive. The Chihuahua said, Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yo quiero Taco Bell. I mean, there were a lot of Taco Bell commercials with the Chihuahua, but the most iconic one, I believe the first one, the introductory commercial to the Taco Bell Chihuahua was, the concept was he is walking down the sidewalk. He's just, you know, a sidewalk dog. He sees a sexy, I mean, this is gendered. It's a male Chihuahua. He sees a sexy female Chihuahua. You know, because of her collar, it's pink, whatever. It's the 90s. He sees the sexy female Chihuahua sitting in like flowers. And he's looking at her and he's walking towards her. And the sexy female chihuahua is like, yes, honey, come over here to me. I love you. You are so hot. But then when he approaches the female chihuahua, he just keeps on going because he'd rather have Taco Bell than a girlfriend. And I relate to that. And I think a lot of people relate to that. But it was like, now, of course, I have to chime in. It was like, you know how they say like those classic ads that like change everything like uh, like the um, apple one where they throw yeah, the like, sledgehammer like, into the thing. Wh- like I'm trying to think of all the Coke ones, you know, like when they, you know, they just really like, I'd like to teach the world to say, I'd like to buy the world yeah, of Coke. This yeah, is, yeah, they would yeah. put this in the category of like Don Draper esque advertising campaigns that were like, wow, like they actually moved product. Do you know what I mean? But the thing is like, I remember it as being this like huge thing in the culture and you know, the capital C, the culture, yeah, our but culture. when you when you actually try to recall it, it's like that's that. It was just a dog walking around with his collar, and he said, "Yo quiero Taco Bell." That's it. That's it. That's, that's it, all babe. it was. That's, that's it. all you're missing. That's it. When I was reading about this last week, apparently the Taco Bell Chihuahua wasn't even considered that big of a success in terms of increase in sales, but. I think the broader impact that this dog had was that everyone started getting chihuahuas after this. Like, Paris Hilton wouldn't have had her chihuahua if not for the Taco Bell chihuahua. Really? You think it had an effect on chihuahua ownership rates? I don't think that Elle Woods would have had Bruiser if not for the Taco Bell chihuahua. I don't think Paris Hilton would have had. Yeah, I don't think so. These are big claims. Okay, okay. Hey, hey, Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I was listening to today's pod, and you were talking about the Hemsworth and how none of these people are interesting. You specifically were like, these people are too hot to be interesting. Like, Elsa Pataki's not interesting. And I have to disagree on that point. I think I've called about this in the past, but I find Elsa Pataki very interesting 
for the specific reason that she used to date Adrian Brody and they were in love and he bought a castle, Stone Barn Castle, in upstate New York for her and went through this whole process of renovating the castle and made a documentary about it. And there was this like insane like 30 page long um, like photo spread of the two of them in this partially renovated castle. And then before it was done, she left him for Chris Hemsworth. And so the documentary that he made about it, part of it includes like the fact that she left him and he's still building this castle. And I would love to get into more detail about what else happens in this documentary, but I can't because after it premiered at Sundance, I think in like 2014 or maybe longer ago than that, it never got distribution. And so you can't watch this movie anywhere, despite the fact that for years I've been searching for this movie. It is called Stoneburn Castle. You can watch the trailer for it, but you cannot watch the actual film. Anyways, that is a very long-winded way of saying that at least one person in this Hemsworth crew is interesting, and that person is Elsa Pataki. All right. Live in the Vita laptop. Bye. This is actually a great – this would be a great topic for, like, a single topic episode of a podcast, like, what happened to Adrian Brody's Stone Barn Castle, because Mm -hmm. this documentary is, like, nowhere to be found in full – but there are pieces of it everywhere because it was in South by Southwest. So he did a lot of promotion for it. And there's People an official it, blurb yeah. for it. It says the blurb is in 2007, Academy Award winner Adrian Brody fell in love with a partially burned stone barn reminiscent of an old European castle hidden in the woods of upstate New York, looking to fulfill a lifelong dream of having a place in the country. He went on a limb, purchased the enchanting but dilapidated structure. Adrian took charge of an elaborate restoration of the property spanning seven years, transforming it into a magical place to share with family and friends, teaming up with filmmaker Kevin Ford, Adrian created a, por- a personal cinematic record of the journey. Stone Barn Castle is a portrayal of the pursuit of dreams and the distance one must travel to achieve them. First of all, how did we let this movie get made? Oof. The distance one must travel, like what? Five Metro North stops? Congratulations, boy. You like win upstate. <laughs> I love this. The first comment on this, whatever, this filmmaker magazine copy and paste of the thing, somebody says, the suggestion that Adrian brought the Stone Barn Castle in a dilapidated and partially burnout condition is both highly misleading and insulting to the work that was done before he require, acquired it and shows contempt for its rich history within the local community. Just for the record, the Stone Barn Castle was burned to nothing but stone walls in 1946. My parents, Dr. and Mrs. Hugel, bought the structure in 1969. They rebuilt it entirely except for one roof was intentionally left open to reveal the towering stone walls. The interior of the portion was designed as an inner courtyard, something I am quite sure Mr. Brody has not changed. I can only hope that the synopsis of this documentary is misleading and that Mr. Brody expresses his respect for the hard work, creativity, and openness to the community that preceded him. Wow. No, I don't think that this is an honest documentary. I haven't seen it. Uh, you know, I it's not on Daily Motion, and if it's not on Daily Motion, it's not anywhere. Okay? Well, it doesn't exist anywhere anymore because he fucking got it off the internet. He never distributed it because she dumped him, broke his heart, and what's with the Stone Barn Castle today? Where is the castle? Is the castle still standing? It must still be standing unless he had a little fit. I could see him having a little fit, though. Also, as well, this, in 2015, this is a documentary. Today, this would be just an HGTV show. And also, <laughs> honestly, it'd be great. So, like, I don't, it's just so funny that the 
the, it, the he made a documentary about it. They had a whole spread of everyone refers to these spread of photos of them romantically posing within this castle, which were in exclusively Hello Canada. Oh my God! The photos are ridiculous. The photos are the sorts of things they're that are like ridiculous. too. They're too storybook. They're too romanticized. Where it's like no one in their right mind would look at these photos and say this is a relationship that's meant to last because it looks so artificial from the jump. Well, also. I find her unrecognizable and these photos are are proof of that where she looks like a totally different person like I thought I knew what she looked like but I actually have I have no idea what this woman looks like from photo to photo she looks like a different person and this photo of her sitting on the edge of a large bathtub that is by the way fully in the bedroom at the foot of the bed is the bathtub Mm. and Adrian is in the bathtub reading a script it's like honey you stopped getting those scripts long ago do not try to fool me here Right, what I'm going to say is 2015 is even past Adrian Brody's time, like his prime zone. This is even later in Adrian Brody's kind of like rise to the top and then fall to the bottom than I expected for him to have a castle with Elsa Pataki that he then documents the <laughs> renovation of. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you so, happen to have yeah. a copy of Stone Barn Castle, what's Rita up to at gmail.com? Just send us a link. Hit us with a we transfer, please. I mean, somebody's We'd love gotta to have see it. it. So this says... This was in Hello, Canada. I was going to do the film Manalette, and I wanted to work on a southern Spanish accent, so I reached out to my voice dialect coach from The Pianist, a wonderful woman named Julie Andrews. Sorry, Julie Adams. (laughs) It just so happens that Elsa was also studying to improve her English dialect. I was there at Julie's house, and Elsa walked in. She's coming for a lesson after me. The first time I saw her, I was so spellbound. I told Elsa that I was uncomfortable because she was so beautiful, so lovely, and so sweet. I became very self-conscious, but I remember what she wore. I remember she had a cute little convertible and I was like, wow, she even has a cute car. I'm not very forward, but I knew I had to stay in touch with her. The only thing I could think of was she she was going to be in Spain. And I said, I'm going to be in Spain. I don't know anyone. Maybe I could take you to lunch when you're there. I called her when I was in Spain and we had dinner at a cozy restaurant. This actually does make her way less boring. Um, and it also just like really reminds me about how we, how long we let Adrian Brody really fill our Fill our dreams, fill our minds. Would you also choose Chris Hemsworth over Adrian Brody? There's no competition. <laughs> I would choose a chiro, a hot chiropractor over Adrian Brody. You know, yeah. I just he. I don't know. There's something extraordinarily off-putting about him. You know, even in his most. Ever since he made out with Halle Berry on stage without that her sucked. consent, you know, there's yeah. a problem there. Yeah. Um. Matt Morton, I think, is like a known nightmare in some like New York, L.A. circles. And he also just got like medium canceled um, because there was a video of him. So he started Chacha Macha, which is like capitalizing on a Japanese tradition, um, but like totally whitewashed. And there's a video of him from his Instagram from like five years ago of him in a geisha outfit with like geisha makeup on doing some kind of voice, like doing sounds. It's so bad. I think you could probably find it on Twitter or Reddit. Um, or I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. Check your DMs. Check your DMs. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll Check send it to you. Check your DMs. Yeah. It was very easy to find. It was it was included on an Eater post about Cha-Cha Macha from July. It said Celebendor's Cha-Cha Macha chain under fire for allegations of problematic workplace behavior. It wasn't even... Just this guy is sort of an asshole monster who dresses up as a geisha and does stuff like that. It's that people were upset with the way employees were actually being treated. So it was like an actual toxic business, according to this Eater report. But yeah, there's a video of him just very proudly in geisha attire 
Um, and it's not pleasant. So that's him. I feel very vindicated for hating that place. No one's defending Cha-Cha Matcha. No one's <laughs> out here being like, I'm defending Cha-Cha Matcha, you know. It really is. It's as if they saw that the pink wall in Los Angeles was successful, as in people went to the pink wall to take photos of the pink wall, and they were like, what if the pink wall were an actual business? Let's just sell something trendy inside the pink wall. Bobby, there's an extensive amount of businesses that are built off the idea that the pink wall is the pink (laughs) wall that people go to because it's a wall. They're like, what if we sold something near the wall? Or what what if we made our own wall and also sold something? What if we put a door in the wall? No, exactly. It's a wall, but also you can go inside and buy stuff. Hi, Who Weekly. I'm listening to this week's episode, and you talked about Dulé Hill and did not mention Holes. Most iconic role. I've called about the movie Holes before 2005. I don't know what it will take to get you to talk about Holes iconic in the credits it's quote introducing Shia LaBeouf it's a turning point in our history so many great actors who's fans character actors Sigourney Weaver Tim Blake Nelson the brother of the guy who played the creepy guy in Desert Housewives I just don't know. I don't know what it will take. Eartha Kitt? Eartha Kitt? Henry Winkler? That one actress whose name I don't know, but plays Shia LaBeouf's mom and you know her face? Zero? Who will randomly be in episodes of network TV shows? I don't know his name either. John Voight? That basketball player whose name I'm also forgetting? Who's married? to that actress who wasn't Bring It On. Okay. I think that's everyone. Bye. What a call. What Oh my God, I thought I was call. like passing away during that. <laughs> the caller has never heard of, there's a website called IMDb. You can actually go to imdb.com and type in holes and then just read a cast list. You don't have to stretch your memory to find the actors' names in your head. But yes, Holes does have an iconic cast. It is embarrassing we didn't think of Holes because Holes is like in the millennial canon. Because it's like a book that we all read we all like read in middle school. And then they made it to like a kind of good movie. I never saw the movie. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not fucking kidding you. I never saw the movie. I did not know until today that it was directed by Andrew Davis, aka the director of The Fugitive. Which is yeah, I mean, interesting to me. Everyone saw Holes. How have you not seen Holes? No wonder you don't have respect for Shia LaBeouf's career. Because I guess Holes is where it all Holes is where it all began. I knew the cast was iconic. It's an icon it's a really good movie. It's a fun movie. Okay. I mean, and I guess I don't know. I guess maybe not fun is the right word, but I it's my embarrassment because <laughs> Bobby did the research research on Dulé Hill and I didn't. I would have known he was in holes and known that was important. I feel I bad. mean I saw that he was in holes when I was looking up Dulé Hill's career, but I did not realize number one that holes I mean, I guess I sort of knew holes was important to a lot of people my age, my mm. age ish, the movie, but I didn't realize the extent of it until this call. Like this caller sort of you know, having a moment recalling all the people in it. I do remember the conversation around Holes being 
surprise, this is very good, and adults good. will like it as much as kids like it. And I did like the the book in middle school. My mom loved that book. I sh- maybe I should see it. Dooley Hill has the iconic line, I can fix that. Because when you search yeah. Dooley Hill holes, you get 7,000 versions of a gif of him saying, I can fix that. He, he was, was the memed. onion farmer. He was, he was memed. memed. I can fix that. I can fix that. You can fix that. Also, I feel like how could you not have seen a movie where the poster across the top literally says Sigourney Weaver, John Voight, and Patricia Arquette? That's the that's the sell. Those are the three actors selling holes. It's not even Shia across the top because he was not even at that level. I'll watch Holes. I'm sure it's on Shocking. Disney Plus. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake he's, Nelson. He's in it. Well, he's now I've it. gotta. He's in it. <sighs> okay, next call. Sorry, I disrespected Holes. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. This is Kelsey. Um, I just wanted to call about your Carl Lentz segment because as the daughter of a megachurch pastor, as someone who has spent a lot of time looking and thinking about this, uh, your suspicion is absolutely right. There is something up here. Um, the most telling dog whistle to me in this whole thing is that, sorry, I'm aside, um, is that in... Carl's caption, when you read it on his Instagram, he says really specifically that he wishes he could have told you, quote unquote, you, the reader, this in person, which means that the head pastor of Hillsong forbade him from saying any kind of public statement in front of the congregation. So a firm, firm, firm distancing from him by the church itself, um, which is I mean, unheard of. Like you said, Lindsay, these churches can spin any kind of affair into a redemption story and call it, like, the grace of God. Um, one thing that I will note is that I reported a story on Hillsong maybe two or three years ago for Fader, and at that point, there were rumors that he was having an affair. So my assumption is that this is not his first affair by any means. And that because he was so high profile, it is likely that other pastors in the church knew about this. So even if there's not something more nefarious than sleeping around going on, if you have one of these women threatening to go to the sun, you basically have no choice as a pastoral staff but to dismiss him. Because if you don't, he's going to bring down three, four, five other pastors with him. Um, like I said, that's all just my guess, but I just wanted to call in and say that I think this guy is kind of a dirtbag, and I think your inclination is absolutely right. Good morning, Dallas Lauren. Bye. Good to know. I like when a call just confirms our suspicions, but no, but I, I do, I did want someone who had more of a, like an inside grasp on like the idea of the work, the goings on of a church mm-hmm. than I did, which it seems like she does as the daughter of someone who has this job. But, yeah. I mean, it seems like this wasn't a first offense and that maybe they knew she was going to go to the press so they got ahead of it versus, like, being able to bury an affair and have it not come out publicly. This was one where they knew they were, like, you know what, we're just going to cut off ties. Hey, Bobby and Lindsay, you just triggered me and I had to pause the podcast. You're probably not going to play this call, but I just want you to know that the song you brought up, What do you do today to make you feel proud? Right? So that song, I used to work for Celebrity Cruises, and that is the song that randomly they teach everybody so that if the captain of the ship wants extra entertainment outside of the shows that they do, 
you're theoretically supposed to do that song as a solo. And up until now, I was under the assumption that that was an original song written for Celebrity Cruises, and you have blown my mind. So thank you for doing that. And this is going to send me down a rabbit hole after work when I look up this woman. All right. Um, Thank you for listening. Crunch, crunch. It's a real song. It's a real song. It wasn't just a Celebrity Cruises original. Heather Smalls. We talked about her. I'd forgotten that I'd not only heard that song before, but we discussed it, which is like truly, I'm disappointed in my own memory because I should have remembered <laughs> that this had come up before and now was coming up again. That you can do the same, yeah. What have you done today to make you feel proud? It's never too late to try. We're going to tell you about a new show called Jocular, hosted by ER Fightmaster, whom we've talked about on the podcast before, T.N. Tran and Katie Kershaw. They're comedians, they're writers, and they're also best friends who are obsessed with women's sports. Kind of like I'm becoming obsessed with women's sports. <laughs> you sort are. Of, kind you of. Are. A little you bit. Are. You are. They're exploring all things queer, trans, and women-focused in the world of sports, and in each episode, they'll cover the latest games, debate pressing issues, and review how they're all really horny for basically everyone in the game. This is every time I talk to someone who's a fan of women's sports, like a genuine fan of women's sports, not like a newbie like me, they're like, horny, 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 horny. I'm horny for all of them. I know. They're always crushing on people in the game. But that's why it's like we need a podcast that's not us to kind of tell us what we're supposed to care about, who we're supposed to care about, who's hot and who's sexy and who we're paying attention to. Yes. And that's what Jocular is for. Friends and experts will join to share their takes on sports ranging from women's basketball to soccer to power slapping. I don't even know what power slapping is, but I'm in. So tune in every Friday for new episodes of Jocular on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts now. Hi, Who Weekly. Long time, long time. Um, I'm calling because I'm li- living with a laptop and I don't want to do any work. Um, so this weekend was historic for a lot of reasons. But um, for me personally, I found out about Brittany. Um, I don't know if she's Gritty's sister or wife, but she was um, flaunting her swim pins in London wearing a sexy American flag bikini. So I'd say she's definitely hot, um, but I just really want to know more. Who is she? She has luscious locks. Um, I just, I didn't know there was, Gritty had a family. Um, so if you could just like tell us more about Gritty, um, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Crunch, crunch. I don't even... <laughs> I don't even know. I love it, I guess. I don't think there's a question. I I love it. This is a very visual gag, though. Like, you kind of have to see Britney to appreciate the kind of female version of the, I have to say, genderless. I think Gritty's pretty genderless, to me, at least. Gritty is genderless. But Britney is female. Britney, Britney is, is female. It's right. explicitly female. Gritty is genderless. It's fine. Britney is wearing a stars and stripes bikini and has like a long weave but also but otherwise looks just like gritty she's pear-shaped too they gave her a little bit of a pear shape she is pear-shaped because gritty is iconically pear-shaped so the reason this came up and i didn't really i haven't seen this until you called we've all grown to fall in love with philadelphia if we weren't already over the past couple of weeks or week 
And as that count was happening with all the mail-in ballots, it was becoming more and more clear, clearer and clearer, that Biden was going to take the lead. And so people in Philadelphia began celebrating a lot earlier than other people in the country. Mm -hmm. Gritty, the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers hockey team, iconically unveiled to like introduced in 2018 you know never had there ever been another mascot more perfectly created for the internet like intentionally created for the internet to true. become viral true. that like was the intention of trash Britain. monster to mm-hmm. take over our minds and hearts yeah and big smile bug eyes sort of just the hairiest orange hair but he has it's 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 almost like a beard but it's not really a beard because it's an entire body covered in hair a permanent smile that takes up his whole face like Anne Hathaway and the witches so gritty is this very instantly funny mascot then here we go Philadelphia this version of gritty that has pronounced breasts and likes to wear bikinis and also has in addition to just the long hair that is essentially gritty's fur has a blonde weave (laughs) like like human hair gorgeous and this female presenting version of gritty is running around not in philadelphia because you notice that the stop signs the yield signs behind her are like vaguely european well that's what i was confused about i was like if you're gonna create a gritty offshoot are you going? Why wouldn't you go to Philadelphia? I mean, not that now's the you time can't to be travel. traveling around. Well, you, you can't. can't travel. I mean, it just feels very much like get her to Philadelphia already. Am I right? Right. So I'm thinking, okay, so this is just, you know, a clever Philadelphia resident who has created this Brittany. version of Gritty that is celebrating Biden's inevitable win in Philadelphia. Then you start noticing these things where it's like, wait a minute, this isn't Philadelphia. Wait a minute, this character is has existed for a while what's going on here turns out Gritney was created by someone in london this woman named riot rogers she's been called an aspiring costume designer she's clearly brilliant she's clearly like yes a genius we've done her work in fashion design and costume design and she i'm gonna just quote this story from philadelphia because philadelphia local news was like we got to find out about this person right they found riot rogers they interviewed her and it says she tells 6abc that she's been a big fan of the flyers and gritty because her ex-boyfriend was from the states when Uh they broke up gritney was the way of keeping herself occupied so her Uh shitty american boyfriend was like bye-bye and so her coping mechanism was to create the female counterpart to gritty i love her quote about gritney she says quote she actually has a defined ass crack and it's the worst thing i have ever done (laughs) why did she do it out of a love for philadelphia so pure and frankly without any good reason other than rogers just really really picks up what philly puts down and it has truly touched us she says i wanted her to be upsettingly sexy which is true that's exactly what is upsettingly sexy just as gritty is like upsettingly trash like gritty is just like a like a flaming orange trash this is the version of that. This is the perfect version of that, but with wearing a bikini. She is defined as being a woman, but really it's just like sexy gritty. It's just like, this is gritty who fucks. That's true. Like, like gritty I, I think could put on a wig and a bikini too. It's less about gender than it is about you don't think this fucks? is sexualized. I'm not sure that gritty fucks. But Gritney fucks. You look at Gritney, you don't even have to have the context of gritty. You could see the photo of Gritney at the bottom of the stairs. And just say that thing fucks. Only like in like the internetization of Gritty and his celebrity, would it be 
like reasonable for Britney to run around London and people to be like understand the context of this character because like otherwise it's just so rant you know what I mean like it wouldn't be that effective otherwise mm-hmm. how would people in London know about a fucking silly uh, Philadelphia mascot the gritty face could go viral on Twitter wherever you are like could go viral on TikTok wherever you are because that face is scientifically designed to be funny like mm-hmm. it is the funniest face mm-hmm. and throw a wig and a American flag bikini on it it's even funnier when you can really see that pear shape those hips oh my goodness do you know what gritty is made of did you see this she is yeah, made like, of upholstery trash. foam yeah. gym mats scrap canvas leather lips and 100 feet of hair extensions i'm sure i'm sure it's amazing that's gritty i mean there's really not much else to say i'm gonna play a clip of riot rogers talking about her you know i, I can't i don't i have no idea how much time i put into her and i don't really want to think about it but you know, the idea was maybe a year before I made her, then three months before Valentine's Day, I started making her. And that was nine months ago. The only other thing I can say about Gritty is that the best, I think, commentary about the success of Gritty was this tweet that, who who tweeted this? I don't, I, oh, I, I lost the actual, I screenshotted it, but I didn't put the actual tweeter. It was someone who did two, two screenshots. The first screenshot, a Washington Post tweet. Perspective. Shakespeare wrote King Lear during a plague. What great work will emerge from this pandemic? And the next screenshot is <laughs> Gritney at the bottom of the stairs. I mean, truly. It maybe is the greatest work of art that I have seen so I mean, far in this it's pandemic. It's just living, breathing. It's living, breathing art. And how else could you compete? Better than any of those like TV shows that are fil- that are made about the pandemic. No, thank you. We need more Gritneys. What is happening with Patty LaBelle's son? Crunch, crunch. Did Patty LaBelle's nephew vote for Trump, and is he friends with a former Lehigh County commissioner? Oh, live in La Vida laptop. Hello, Lindsay and Bobby. Um, long time, long time. Yeah, long time, long time. What is happening with on Twitter with Patty LaBelle's son? I don't, I don't get it. We all know Patty LaBelle's of them, the, but. Also, I'm pretty sure Pat LaBelle's son is a hoot. That's it. Please explain. Mm, women don't belong in balloons. Hi, Who Weekly. Please talk about Dan Purdy. I need to know everything about him. Bye. I thought we didn't. It's like a topic we didn't have to touch until literally Patty. It was like Patty LaBelle's involved. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. So what happened? There is the, the, the former Lehigh County Commissioner in more Pennsylvania in Pennsylvania, Dean Browning. He has 53,000 followers on Twitter. He let me read his Why? bio. He says he is How? a proud what? pro-life and proud two a Christian conservative dedicated to enacting common sense solutions to keep America great and so what happened was earlier this week people noticed that in his replies there was a tweet that said at someone it was from dean browning pa but to someone else and it said i'm a black gay guy and i can personally say that obama did nothing for me my life only changed a little bit and it was for the worse everything is so much better under trump though i feel respected which i never do when democrats are involved 
and you look at the avatar of the person and it's this like smiley middle-aged white guy and people were like something's going on here so initially the very <laughs> really? first <laughs> something really? something it's like the cola scola something really? and so people are noticing that in his replies are him saying he's a black gay guy <laughs> so who who's a what account is this right right the obvious explanation is that this person has an alt account which a lot of people do and and there have been instances of these conservative people having alt accounts in which they pretend to be marginalized communities that sympathize with republican sentiments so it's like oh he has an alt account in which he cosplays as a black republican a black gay republican and like people that's what people are assuming so it's like oh that's funny that's funny in and of itself we never would have talked about this we never would have talked about this then we find out the next step of this story which is that he says he was quoting a follower who tweeted that at him and so people discover the account that he may, in fact, be referencing, which they claim might be his alt. And it goes by Dan Purdy. And the avatar is, it's a cartoon, but it looks like a black guy in a hoodie. And so it's like, oh, here is Dean Browning's alt. This is what he appears to be using to impersonate a gay black Republican on Twitter, right? Again, we never would have talked about it. Wait, so we know that Dean Browning is a real person. So we assume that the alt was a fake alt like it's not we a real assume person. that dan purdy so. is a fake person that dean browning created in october because that's when the account was started then a video gets posted to the dan purdy twitter account the one that was opened in october and because it's only been around for like a month people are like it's fake it's a black man who's saying i'm dan purdy everyone i'm black i'm gay and i like trump and that was me and i'm not a sock puppet for dean browning so i don't know what all of you have a problem with hey guys my name is dan purdy and I am indeed a gay black man. The message that you saw on Dean's Twitter was posted. I don't actually know how it was posted, but I did send it to him because I had a problem with how people of my race and sexual persuasion are treating Donald Trump. I don't have a problem with Donald Trump on those levels, and I don't understand why so many pretend to. Donald Trump has never done anything to hurt me, either as a gay man or as a black man, nor has he done anything to hurt anybody in the four years that he's been in office because he hasn't had time to. So what's the big deal? I sent that message to Dean. Dean accidentally posted it somehow, and that's the end of the story. No, he's not a sock puppet. No, I'm not a bot. I hope you understand. The problem is I don't understand. And again, even with that, we would not have talked about it on this podcast. Yeah, I'm like, the I'm like, still kind of like, why are we? T I'm like, where's the twist? Where's Patty Labelle? So, but that guy who made the video, the who we think is who's saying I'm Dan Purdy, I'm Dan looks Purdy. like somebody whose name is Bill Holtz, and Bill Holtz social media uses the same photos as this guy, which is kind of telling. And the thing about Bill Holt is that he is patty labelle's nephew and adopted son because patty labelle's sister died in 1989 and she adopted them and started taking care of them so patty labelle is involved and now patty labelle's nephew is involved what and if you look into him uh, the great ashley reese that jezebel did you will find out that yes this twitter the dan party twitter has only been around for a short time but he has established himself as what he calls an anti-feminist TV critic. So he definitely 
Oh, and Andy has these beliefs. If you go to his medium, it's iconic. He has a medium. If you go to his medium, you'll see him like review movies like Ex Machina and shows and talk about them from like an anti-feminist anti-feminist perspectives where Uh he's like here's the problem with women in this here's the problem with the representation of men in this and it's sort of like okay i guess i believe that he was dan purdy but so your options here now are a either dean dean browning is telling the truth and dan purdy has always been patty labelle's son this truly was him accidentally quoting this thing or dean browning had an alt account realized he got caught and somehow got this guy to somehow take the blame I guess. Because either way, it doesn't really make sense. Right, because I'm saying it still doesn't track because the guy's name is not Dan Purdy. There's no there's no Dan Purdy. There's this other guy named Bill who's Patty LaBelle's nephew. And mm-hmm. he has a separate Twitter that is a copy of Dan Purdy. So clearly, Dean Browning got this guy involved, paid him or whatever to be like, can you just like make a new account and say that that's you? I mean, maybe he did that. Maybe not. Really, no explanation makes sense. The weirdest thing is that he found a guy who actually has the the kind of political opinions that he was faking in the alt. The established political opinions. Like these aren't even recent blog that's posts. What, that's They've what's been so crazy is he managed to find, he like made up a guy to like go on the internet and say like, as Maybe. you know, whatever. Then he found one essentially who really does believe these things and would be the person in the replies saying that. It's just so strange. Yes. I mean, it reminds me of a Golden Girls episode in which they create a romantic pen pal for Rose, Dorothy and Blanche do, uh-huh. and they name him um, Isaac Newton. <laughs> and then when Rose decides she wants to meet him, yeah. they find someone named Isaac Newton in Miami who sort of ticks all the boxes. Right. And he's sort of like a weirdo, but like. Rose believes him because he sort of checks all the boxes. I mean, that's what I'm thinking of here. The weirdest thing, did you see this tweet from Fart? Remember Fart? Love Fart. Uh At Fart on Twitter. So from Googling it, it would appear that Dean Browning's black guy identity, Dan Purdy, was also once used on the suspended account at SoulCookie322. But before that account became Dan Purdy, meaning before it had before it had this avatar of the black man in a beanie that Dan Purdy used, it was a white guy named Pat as in patriarchy, but split up to be a name, and White Goodman, White Goodman, Dean oh, is really something Goodman. else. Yeah, I got it. So Dean has been doing this for a long time. But the, the thing about it is like, it's still like this inscrutable thing. I, even with all these details and all of these like explanations, I really don't understand the narrative here. Like the fact that Patti LaBelle's son got involved is like the biggest wrench thrown into the biggest gear of all time. It's like, I, I don't even know what it means. Like, I don't know what it could mean. What are the steps that it takes to get Bill Holt, William Holt, who works at Boutique Landscape Design in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which is really funny that we're dealing with so many landscape design things in Philadelphia these days. How did he even get involved if, in fact, Dean Browning made it all up? How do you make that call? How do you find this man? I these are this is like <laughs> this is like a topic that we're just so like the fact that Patty LaBelle is involved is like only the tip of the iceberg for this story it's so much more about kind of like the logistics of having alts on twitter and how it works and like how people use them and how they don't which might be not familiar to which might be a new thing to a lot of people listening to this podcast i personally Mm -hmm. love the internet and i've never engaged in like this alt world but there are people out here creating lots of accounts and flipping in between them and you know Proving their own points by responding to themselves with fake people, you know? The Twitter interface, I don't know if any of you have more than one account, but like Lindsay and I both have our personal accounts and our Who Weekly account on our apps. 
And switching between, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. Switching between the two accounts is extremely easy. Right. And sometimes when you're scrolling, my Who Weekly feed and my personal feed, they're pretty similar. So if I'm just scrolling through the home thing, I'm, it's, it would be easy for me to assume I might be on one when I'm actually on the other. Right. And I've definitely responded to things accidentally from Who or vice versa. Right. But it's not a big deal because I'm presenting as myself on both of them. You know, but like I've accidentally no, done know. it many right. times. Well, right. But I, so you're saying it's easy to fuck up. Right. It's not, only, it's not only easy to do it, but it's easy to fuck up. The logistics of it all makes sense. But mm-hmm. like Bill Holt showing up is one of the most baffling things that I've ever seen. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. I just don't know what to do with myself. Don't know just what to do with myself. I just can't believe this got to us via Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle's involvement. Anyone talk to Patty LaBelle recently? Don't you know what? Don't talk to Patty LaBelle. <laughs> Patty LaBelle has no need no need to know this. Don't involve her. She's fine. Leave her alone. Frequently in this part of our conversation about someone, it's like, watch this space. We're gonna see how this evolves. I wouldn't be surprised if we never hear about this person ever again. Yeah. Yes. I don't know that I expect to have answers about this in the yes. future ever. Yes. No, I think this um, is one of those things where it's like it took up like half of the day on Twitter of people being like, what, what, what? Because ultimately this guy, Dean Browning, is like not important. It'd be one no. thing if he was important, but like he's not important. Even like, you know, our friend Ashley Feinberg, who loves to find a good alt. I don't think she was as engaged with this because it's like, who even is that guy? You know? Yeah. Hey, Lindsay and Bobby, long time, long time. I've been getting e-news notifications on my phone about Larsa Pippen's tell-all interview and the Kardashians' reaction to Larsa Pippen's tell-all interview, and I'm not invested enough to figure out what happened on my own, but I would love to hear you guys do a deep dive on this. Um, So, yeah, please share that with us. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Crunch, crunch. This is interesting to me. It's more interesting than I gave it credit for because when Lindsay texted me, oh, we missed uh, because it was on Monday night. We got that. We got the right. It was in our gossip roundup email that we get sometimes. It was like all all about Larsa. She went on some. She did this like long interview on Hollywood Raw. Uh, Hollywood Raw. Hollywood Raw. Raw? Like a YouTube channel. It is, right? Uh, it's a podcast. It's a, a podcast, podcast that also okay. they they zoom, they record them on Zoom. So it's on YouTube as, as okay. video as she well. She went on and but, did this long interview and da, da, da. And I was like, this is shaking things up. And Bobby was like, who cares about them? And to be fair, I'm always out here being like, who cares about them? But then I watched it and it was interesting. Because this woman was so strangely kind of like kicked out of this family in a way in which she was everywhere with them. And all of a sudden she wasn't. And it is For years. But this happens with them with almost every person who's like in their life, to be honest. Yeah, we talked about this recently. By By the end of their life cycle, by like the time that the Kardashians are truly out of the public eye, all they're going to have left are each other. They are going to be so isolated and alone by the end of this because they just cannot deal with outsiders at all. What's interesting about this one, though, is a twist on the normal Kardashian trope, which is that Larsa goes on this podcast, Hollywood Raw, and you can play a clip here. And she basically says that it's Kanye who is alienating outsiders from the family. Kanye, who is paranoid, doesn't trust anyone, uh, you know, and it kind of becomes this one of the things where where the read now, and I don't know if this is like a pushed thing, where it's like that Kim is being manipulated by Kanye. Mm hmm. Right? Well, here's what's weird. I listened to the entire fucking interview. It was a dis- it was a nightmare to listen to this 
interview to listen to the hosts to listen to larsa a quick rundown of who larsa is larsa larsa pippen is scotty pippen's ex she was on real housewives of miami for one season but the first season wasn't even really real housewives of miami it was like a rebranded version of something else and she has been friends with kim for a decade you know like close friends with kim for a decade anyway she like dated future briefly she claims to have dated tristan before chloe even got involved but i listened to the story and Yes, she says those things about Kanye, but let me play the full clip. And also, she is so... There's nothing revealing. Anytime she gets close to revealing, she replaces it. Her, like, verbal tick, we all have them. Hers is this and that. She's like, well, then, you know, this and that happens. It's like her version of yada, yada, yada. And she Ah. keeps saying, well, then this and that, this and that. And you're like, you're this and thatting over everything that is interesting. Like, Mm -hmm, listen to mm -hmm, this. Listen. mm -hmm. I, I took these little clips. Here she is explaining Kanye really quickly. Note that, like, it starts revealing and then she kind of shuts down and prevents herself from saying too much. Because mm-hmm. he, he literally has brainwashed the whole family into thinking that, like, I don't even know what. I don't even know. I know that, like, and, like, a lot of people know this and a lot of people don't, but he talks so much about me being this and that and this and that. And I honestly don't even know. That's what I'm trying to say to you. I don't know. He used to call me at four, five, and six o'clock in the morning. And I was like the person that would take his calls at four, five, and six in the morning when he wanted to rant. And I would listen to him and I would be like, I love you. You're the best. Like things will get better. Like I was his go-to person to call when he wasn't happy with X, Y, and Z. How that turned maybe because, uh, you know, I blocked him on my phone because I just couldn't bear taking his calls anymore. I was just like, I, I, I can't, I'm drained. So I blocked him on my phone. So he, obviously that really upset him. So then he turned that into like, oh, she's this and she's that. And then like, they all started to like ride his wave of I'm this or I'm that. There's no clarity there. Well, also she's like, yes, you blocking somebody on your phone is an aggressive behavior. Like that actually, but- like, it just he was like, triggered well, by it. Yeah, it's like, oh, and I blocked him, and I guess that mat made him mad. It's like, that, it, no that wouldn't make anyone mad if you blocked them on your phone. That's so mean. She takes one step forward and two steps back every time she explains. She's like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, she was obviously confusing. this. She was this, like, emotional. They had this very clearly, like, emotional bond where he was calling her and telling her about, you know, all she says is X, Y, Z, which says nothing. But it's it stands to reason that he's complaining about his relationships, or at least in part the Kardashians. And then she's giving him advice. And then suddenly she decides to stop doing that. And he gets mad and starts telling all the other Kardashians that she's this and that. But it's like, what is she? What is he telling them? And is what he's telling them based in truth? It's completely unclear. Like, yeah. she, she doesn't say whether or not he's making stuff up she's just saying that he gets mad at her and turns them all against her right but like honestly not to get like so family 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 the way the kardashians are but like if someone in your family if your brother-in-law were like you know what this this person is really toxic in my life then you would consider cutting them out of your life like that's kind of how it works well it just shows that these people aren't important to them and their friendships exactly and aren't important to them and they're just all kind of like replaceable via, yeah. you know and and also the and then what ended up happening the other thing was that she said that she was kind of dating Tristan Chloe's mm-hmm. ex well which is a sensitive subject because it's like he also That's the whole Jordan thing too the Jordan th- right Jordan and Larsa now have something in common these these other this other person who was ex- excommunicated or whatever 
if you remember, Jordan Woods was basically, as Lindsay said, excommunicated from that family because there were rumors she was hooking up with Tristan, which neither of them ever confirmed. confirmed. Right. There was just that one messy night. Right. And this one is her literally saying, I was kind of seeing Tristan before Chloe. Before Chloe. And she says that she one time brought Tristan to a Kim Kardashian event and like, Chloe right. was there and saw and it all happen. This isn't a crazy but- thing. This is Larsa was married to Scottie Pippen. She's dated basketball players before. It's like mm-hmm. it, she probably knows a lot of basketball players just in general in her life. Just in general. Like, so Listen it's not to this. that crazy. Okay, play it. Did Chloe know you were seeing Tristan or dating him? Yeah, I'm sure she knew. Yeah, I'm sure she knew. I brought him to an event, you know, one of Kim's events. Yeah. But you, you guys weren't like exclusive or anything. It was just like, hey, just having a good time. Yeah, we were, you know, we were just, yeah. Yeah, we were, yeah, we were just, yeah. She doesn't, she doesn't answer these questions. Yeah. Okay, and then, of course, their source, a.k.a. Chris or whoever is speaking directly, says they think she's trying to stay relevant and Kim doesn't appreciate the (laughs) accusations regarding Kanye. The family is very protective over one another and we, and all feel like she violated their privacy by dishing out details to the public. Well, babes, when you let somebody go, they're going to dish out your private details to the public. You can't say it's not true and also Mm -hmm. don't tell our private details. That is telling on yourself and that means you think that it's true and that means you know that it's true. Yes. Right. And this I mean, is, I don't oh, have totally. any reason to believe Larsa either. But with this source <laughs> saying, uh, we think she's trying to stay relevant and uh, she's telling our private details. Also, it's not true. Well, then why would you give a shit if it wasn't true? You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And also, just just a reminder, this source is talking to E! News. And so it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, literally, a, it's a fun reminder E-news. that like we haven't done this in a while. But like we always joke about, yes, Chris has a hotline that calls us weekly. But like the big red button on her phone goes to E! News because that's their, that's the whole conglomerate. It's all synergy. Like when they want to make a statement, they do it through anonymous sources on E! News that are probably coming directly from them. But this line kills me. They all think Larsa is toxic energy. And it's like, that's not a source. That is Kardashian language. That's how they speak. <laughs> that's literally, I know. It's not It's not a source. This source is very clearly, this source speaks in a very specific way that I can rec- very much recognize. And they're also saying, oh, she didn't date Chloe first. Clo- uh, Chloe dated. Well, because they're also preparing no! you to reveal that Tristan and Chloe are essentially back together and moved in together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, b- uh Chloe doesn't believe Larsa was dating Tristan before her. Larsa knew Tristan, but they were never dating. Which, like, to be fair, though, like, are we dating or are we not is, like, an unclear thing. She could have brought him to a party. She could have hung out with him. And maybe he said, oh, we never dated. Oh, we never dated. Which maybe mm-hmm. they didn't. What define dating these days. It's, like, means right. nothing. Exactly. It means everything. So it's, like, that I kind of get. But also, like, do I think Larsa Pippen, like, brought Tristan, like, into the Kardashians' lives? Probably. That makes sense. Probably. That tracks. Yeah. Probably. Um, two more clips. I don't remember what these say. Here's one, her saying this and that a lot. I think it's just like for a better conversation for people to say, oh, she cheated on him. Oh, she this, she that. Like, it was none of that. Like, Scotty wasn't even living at home with me. Ever since the Jordan thing, it's very easy to be like, oh, this one's doing this to you. This one, like your friend's this, this you know, your friend is doing this. It's so easy for, for fans and people to say like, oh, your friend is doing this or, you know, it's just ever since the Jordan thing. But at the same time, it's like. And then there's this. I was like, the way she introduces herself. Here is, who is Larsa Pippen, by the way? Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mother. I'm 
a brand ambassador. I kind of do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats around here. I finished the interview and I was like, I'm miserable. Like someone please kick me in the face. But also I left kind of liking her and I didn't really know her whole story. And it's interesting to me. She's, she's older than the oldest Kardashian. She's 46. And I didn't know that she married Scotty so young. The way that she talks about her adulthood was interesting. She's like, I spent my 20s and 30s raising kids. Like, she didn't start becoming, like, fun party girl until she was in her late 30s. Right. And she hooked up with the Kardashians and then started yes. living that life because she was, like, this kind of rich divorcee who could chill and support them. Because basically, I think when you become friends with them, you kind of drop your own shit and just, like, you go along it. with it because it's fun. Right. And it and I yeah. think that that's sort of the barrier to entry where it's like, if you want to be with us, you, you're you with us. You are in it. And yeah. she was in it for 10 years. And right. then she was like, this sucks. Yeah. Remember when she showed up on Selling Sunset and she was like, I need a house yes. with a basketball hoop. I need a house. I need a, I need a place with 12 cars. And she looked completely different there than she does now. Yeah. She also does not look the same on every... Yeah. She looks very different. She's never looked the same twice. Yeah. But anyway, that's what's going on. And I am thrilled to report that I was rolling my eyes at the thought of talking about this. And after listening to that terrible interview, I was like, I'm so glad I listened to this. Like, yeah. ultimately, this is there's so, there is a nugget of something interesting here. And that's the problem with the Kardashians. As their own bubble, we're sick of them. But the way that their lives reverberate through other celebrities tends to be a little more interesting than just what's going on in their own bubble. Well, I just care about the – I don't care about them, but I do care about the the kind of strategic and logistics of the outsiders who circle them, the whole the whole mm-hmm. world. And as, the, as they continue to wall themselves off from anyone, even the people they've already kind of brainwashed to be their friends – what mm-hmm. ends up happening. Like it's like the circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until it's just them yeah. or whatever because they don't yeah. trust anyone else. It's just them. And it is interesting to me that they're blaming Kanye because it kind of quote unquote makes sense because he has like this behavior that is mm-hmm. well documented is kind of fucked up when it has way more to do with him, I'm sure. That they're yeah. all like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It it's it must be said the last thing I'll say about this is she is still kind to them throughout the entire interview. She's like, I love them. I love them. That's no, the I, I texted yeah. Kim recently. Right. Yeah. But, okay, next call. Who Weekly is brought to you by Squarespace. As usual, we love Squarespace. We love Squarespace. It's the only way we will ever have a website. <laughs> Is Squarespace. You're right. Because it's easy. Because I can update it very fast when things go crazy with tour announcing, which we might have to do relatively soon. Might? Uh, might? Uh-huh. <laughs> You said, we just came and saw you. I said, well, this is a this is a 365 podcast. We're planning ahead. Everyone's everyone's doing live shows these days. So all the venues are getting booked up. So we have to book our tour, which is far away pretty soon. But we already know we already know the dates. We're ready to update the website on Squarespace. And we also already know how to put them on the website, which is like half the battle because it's Squarespace. Exactly. And we've done this for a long time and it's very, very easy. We love Squarespace because it's very easy to update things. We love Squarespace because we have a contact form, which is the way most people get in touch with us. Even though we have a very easy to remember email address, which is what's up to at gmail.com, people would prefer to just use the contact form on Squarespace because Squarespace is easy. And on our website, it's easy to find our press clippings. It's easy to find embeds of the podcast. It's easy to find anything you need to know about our podcast. So go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your website, go to squarespace.com slash who to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, Lindsay, Bobby. Um, Second time, long time. Pop 
has just called the election for Joe Biden. But what I realized yesterday was that I think I've been think I have name blindness for Huey Lewis and the news and Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> and I kind of get it now because one of them is the more country one. I get that now. But it made me think about all the bands who are, like, have that naming convention, like, them and the who's, right? So I was wondering if you could think of any others that are constructed that way. Like, the only ones I can think of are Josie and the Pussycats and Gem and the Holograms, as Lindsay loves. But those are both fictional. I'd like to think that Maroon 5 qualifies, even though obviously they don't. But, I mean, you guys have talked about that before. So, yeah, are there any other who, no, any other them and the who's bands? Thanks. French French. There's nothing but them and the who's bands. That's it. Them and the who's. That's the number one band convention. Them and the who's is so funny. I would argue that there are a few them and the thems. There are a few them and the thems. Because, like, Diana Ross and the Supremes is them and the thems. Mm-hmm. Them and you the know, thems. and and I would say um, uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band of them and the Thems. And what I would think? say Sly and the Family Stone is them and the Thems. Them and the Thems. Mm-hmm. But I would say a lot of the most of them are yes, them and the Who's. So like you have like you know Hootie and the Blowfish. No one knows who the oh. Blowfish are. Who are those Blowfish? Martha and know. the Martha and the Vandellas. I would call them them and the Thems. But can you name a Vandella? Maybe I can't name a Vandella. I can't name a black card. Florence Joan and the Machine, Jett and the Black We said Flor- oh, Florence and the, the Machine is not a them and the who's. The whole band is a them. The whole and then Florence the and machine. the Machines are both who's. Let me tell you, that machine is anything but extraordinary. Okay, so <laughs> no. Frankie and the Dominoes, I don't know who Derek and the Dominoes, I don't know who those dominoes are. I love right. Layla. Love Layla, but couldn't tell you who a domino is. Cool in the gang, Katrina and the Waves, Bob Marley and the Whalers. <laughs> I mean it's it is a lot of them and the who's. God, this call. What a great call. What a great caller. call. Them I don't even who's. know how long we can riff on this, but the call was iconic. Oh, the Heartbreakers. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. The Heartbreakers. Can you name one? See, that I can't name a Heartbreaker. I mean, I can't even name one of the other four. Like Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, I, I feel like the Four... In terms of equal weight, what I'm saying is Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons... Both of those things, I think, could stand alone. But like sure. when I look at Jerry and the Pacemakers, I don't even know who either of those people are. Or Stevie Ray Bond and Double Trouble. I don't know Double Trouble, but what I know about, Stevie Ray Bond. You know? uh, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? <laughs> <sighs> them and the Who's. It's well, just, it's I, I'm trying sad to, How do we this... define them's here? Do we define the themmy band as in, or the themmy group as a group in which you could name one of the members? Because I don't even think we need that. I don't think you need to name no, one of the I know. members. No, I know. I know. I'm kind of stretching the limit here. I'm saying like, you know, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers is them mm-hmm. The Heartbreakers, we know. I couldn't name you a Heartbreaker. I, I don't know who's no, in Tom never. Petty's band. So, you know, it kind of is them and the less thems. But the, the whole band, but people do, that is like a bigger thing. I guess the mm-hmm. thing is, is like, it's just interesting that we don't name our bands like this anymore. This was a big trend. And now, no more, really. Name a modern band that's like, bleh and bleh, you know? Oh, there's that one that's like... Oh, Sharon Jones and the Dap Canes. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, remember when uh, Justin Timberlake thought he had a band and it was like Justin Timberlake and the Tennessee Kids or whatever? 
Oh God, wasn't that it was his recent. like contractually obligated country album where he was like, yeah, "I'm yeah. country now" because yeah, they're putting yeah, yeah. a gun to my head. Yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm country now. Remember? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Chris Stapleton, will you do all of this for me? I'll oh pay God, you. That was crazy. <laughs> That was crazy too. And then he just and went now Chris away. Stapleton is like more successful and bigger than Justin away. Timberlake. I know. Well, because he's like, I guess I'll act again. You know. <laughs> and then Chris Stapleton was like, Guess what, bitch? I was in A Star Is Born, and there's nothing you can do to take that away from me. <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about it. I think it's just a fun thing to keep in mind when you see these things, like the construction. It reminds me of um, what, what did I just watch? The the Chadwick Boseman James Brown movie. Um, oh yeah. Get on up. Mm-hmm. So it's like James Brown and the famous flames. And there's like the scene where the famous flames like kind of get taken off the record and they all get mad at him. Essentially, the scene is like he's hooing them. <laughs> he's like, sorry, I'm the them in this equation. And the who doesn't matter. And I think that there are certain bands where the group part, the who's doesn't matter. And if you can take them away, then they're who's. But if you need them there in the group, then they're them. Right. But I'm saying is like, so that's why like some of these people just broke off into their own thing. So it's mm-hmm. like Paul McCartney and Wings, you know, or like, no, more like Hootie and the Blowfish. No, because then he drops Hootie. Okay, Diana Ross and the Supremes, she was just Diana Ross after like yes. that era of her life. Or Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, she was just Joan Jett after mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. When the other thing could break off and be its own thing, then I think that that means it's a them. Like so if like the Pretenders. Chrissy Hind and the Pretenders. Exactly. It started um, off as first her and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a stupid conversation, but I think if both sides of the equation could stand independently, then I think that they're them and them. And if not, it's just them and the who's. Yeah, yeah. The E Street Band, them. Yeah. The Dap Kings, them. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Anyway, fun call, fun exercise, fun thought experiment. Great observation. Next call. Love this call. Obsessed with this call. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Um, long time, long time. I have a question about a recent Daily Mail article about Ariel Winter leaving a store with an enormous roll of bubble wrap. Bubble wrap, obviously, a them. Ariel Winter, obviously, a who. Um, but giant rolls of bubble wrap, I, like, it's truly, I mean, it's over half her height. I can't possibly, it looks like she has a roll of packing tape in the other hand, but I mean, is she, perhaps she's moving, but I have never just bought bubble wrap for a move. I guess I'm not Ariel, but oh God, what does she need all of that bubble wrap for? Crunch, crunch. What does she need all that bubble wrap for? She's probably moving. Ariel Winter cuts a casual figure in a white sweater and gray joggers as she carries a huge roll of bubble wrap (laughs) and packing tape. And I got to say, they exaggerate. Daily Mail's known for it. They they blow things out of proportion. They say, oh, things are bigger than they say. Oh, things are smaller than they say. Bathing suits are smaller, everything, blah, blah. This roll of bubble wrap is genuinely huge. Okay, so like... Do you know what it looks like, Lindsay, which I just realized? What? It looks like the fucking wheel of a Flintstones car. It does. It does. It does. Okay, but here's my question. How do, how tall? She's short. How tall do you think Ariel Winter is? Five, 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 four. Five, five four. four, yeah. Okay, so this bubble wrap is more than half of her height. She's five, one. She's five, one. The diameter, she's five, one. Okay, so it's she's smaller. She's five, one. So this, the diameter of this bubble wrap circle is more than half her 5'1 height. So this thing's got to be 
three, three feet in feet diameter. In diameter. Mm-hmm. Huge bubble And in wrap. terms of width, and in terms of width, I would say two feet. I'm tell or at least no one foot. Huge. One and a half foot. Eighteen Huge. inches. Eighteen yeah. to twenty-four inches. And again, it is a Flintstones car wheel. They say though carrying a heavy load, the actress appeared in good spirits as she went about her busy day. I love this caption. Coming through. Ariel Winter may be ready to make her big move as she was spotted carrying a huge roll of bubble wrap and some packing tape out and about on Sunday. Coming through, like, there is no better representation of the phrase coming through than this photo of Ariel Winter holding a giant thing of bubble wrap. Coming I've never through. even seen coming something through. this big. Also, coming through. Fu- did you, when you saw this roll of bubble wrap, <laughs> did you not imagine just rolling that thing out across your apartment and rolling around on it like pop, 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 pop? You know what I mean? Like, roll me up in that popping. Those pops and pop, 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 pop. Even the photo of her just sort of like stretching and grabbing into the center roll. Doesn't it look so like pleasing, like the, like cushiony yes, and soft? Yes, it's like, I'm Don't like, you just want to hold it? I want to unroll it and roll around. <sighs> Can I just say no one called about it, but unrelated side note, because it was one of the related stories on Daily Mail. The snow owls <laughs> from the Mass Singer. First of all, this just proves that my Mass Singer power is over. We're done with this. It's I, over. We're I done. have no more skill. I was very good at it. They changed the rules. They changed it up. It's too much for me. It they was, changed the rules. We thought it was the ship sibs and it was Clint Lindsay Black. Lindsay Blaine blaming was, the rules. It was Clint Black and his wife, Lisa Hartman. I would never, ever, 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 ever guess that. I'm sorry. The 58-year-old country star Clint Black. And his 64-year-old wife. We love Clint Black. Do we? Name a Clint Black song for me. A Better Man. Okay. How about that? A Better Man. I'm just saying these two sang sang Domino by Jesse J in Snow Owl costumes. And you're telling me it's Clint Black and his 64-year-old wife, Lisa or whatever? Lisa Hartman Black. I'm going to play a clip of them singing The Prayer because it's absurd. Absurd. Now that you know it's Clint Black, you're like, get out of (sighs) here. It's broken, we'll be mended, and we'll remember we're all God's children, reaching out to touch you, reaching for the sky, lead us to a place, guide us with your grace, give us it feels big to me like the thing about mass singer is that it completely fucks with your perception of like fame with like your idea of what fame is right it was more of an authentic experience the first season and now Mm -hmm. it is yeah yeah and so I'm just like, wow, they're so famous. But like, are they so famous? I Maybe. It, it no. just completely messes <laughs> with your perspective. Because I was expecting trash. I was expecting two trash people to take off those helmets. Right. When I was watching and I was looking at the clues and I was thinking about who it could be, the pool of people in my brain that I pull from for this show is now just, it can't just be anyone. That's not yeah. fun. It can't just be literally anyone. Hi. Where is Eva Mendez? I saw her in a trailer that I'm watching on HBO, whatever this service is called now. That's not entirely relevant. Um, But I then looked her up, and she has not won credit since 2014, which is six years ago. I'm wondering 
where she is. I hope she's well. I'm wondering if you guys could investigate. Um, thank you. Crunch, crunch. Bye. So where is Eva Mendez? We can do this quickly. I just wanted to answer this question because... Where is she? Every tabloid has been asking this question for six years. We all know the answer, but we can't handle it. How dare this woman, who is at the top of her game, marry someone and leave? Marry Ryan Gosling and then leave but, Hollywood and then decide not to do stuff. How dare she? She just did an interview with the Sydney Morning Herald, which is funny. Did we literally just do this topic about where is Eva Mendez like a few weeks ago or something? Or am I crazy? We talked about we talked about her line, but we didn't talk about this interview. Okay. All right. All right. So my answer to this person is she says, I applaud and look up to the women who can do it all, but I'm not one of them. So she's basically saying I have to silo my behavior. Like I have to be a full-time mom and then I can be a full-time actress again. I'm not one of them. And thankfully I have a choice not to work. And I realize how fortunate I am that it's not even a choice, that it's even a choice. I've been so happy to be able to incubate with my babies, but now they are four and six. I'm starting to feel like my ambition is coming back. So Eva Mendez is coming back, you know, the moment the pandemic is over and she can start acting again. That's what it seems like. I'm ready. She's I'm ready great. for her. I'm ready for her. I love her. So Do you? And I think most people love her. Like, because of Hitch. I rewatched Hitch. Well, yeah, yeah I think Hitch I is know. tremendous. I love that <laughs> you so great. rudely pulled up her last five roles, which were 2014's Lost River, 2013's Clear History, Terrible 2013's movie. Pantene ad for anti-breakage, Dare, featuring <laughs> Eva Mendez, 2012's Pantene TV ad, Five Signs of Damage, featuring Eva Mendez, and 2012's P Place Beyond the Pines, which I believe is where mm -hmm. she met Ryan. Mm -hmm. They were yep. in that movie together. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Let's just play a quick game of yes, no, there are two calls, and then we'll end this episode. Okay. Hi, Lindsay Bobby. Have you or will you ever watch the movie The Aeronauts or The Argonauts or whatever it is where they say women don't belong in balloons? And why is the answer no? Yeah, you got it right. No. <laughs> I don't need to answer why. I don't need to answer to you. No. Why? Because it looks bad. <laughs> no. The answer is the trailer is enough. No. <laughs> Bobby and Lindsay don't belong in that movie. <laughs> God. Okay. Moving on. Hey, Lindsay, Bobby. Uh, Matthew Morrison is going to play the Grinch on NBC, and I'm furious. That's it. <laughs> Good form, Bella Thorne. Me inside. It's not quite yes or no, but I have a quick answer, which is why I put it in this category, and the answer is... No! I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. Thank you for listening to another episode of Who's There? Are we the call-in show? We have some call you're doing amazing sweeties at the end of this. I think four. They're fun. They're silly. They're great. And keep calling in 619 Who Them. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode of the main pod. Support us on patreon.com slash whoweekly for twice weekly bonus episodes and commentary and all sorts of things. And rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Someone just reviewed us and oh. said, what did they say, Lindsay? Is Lindsay okay? <laughs> Is Lindsay okay? <laughs> I'm worried. Wait, I actually, I actually want to see the the actual uh, quote. It says five stars. Me. Is Lindsay okay? Know, I'm worried. Thank you. She's for okay. About me. I'm okay. I'm fine. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hi, Who Weekly. You were talking about if the guy so gecko was Zemi, and I totally agree. And here is why. My late grandma, Ruth, she was obsessed with the Geico Gecko. I don't think she would have even known, like, any celebrities, but she would, like, 
cut out photos of the Gato Gecko in ads and put them up on her kitchen cupboard because she loved him so much. I somehow found a Gato Gecko bobblehead for her and gave it to her, and it was like a treasure. So I just want to say I can confirm Gato Gecko's semi-ness, and he was beloved by Grandma Ruth and does Gen Z know what Morse code is? I'm so sorry. <laughs> crunch, crunch. Hi, Who Weekly. In true head fashion, I had to pause the pod as soon as you started talking about um, sugar-free caramel. I'm literally on my way home. I'm four minutes and 13 seconds into the episode. And I just wanted to say that the brand Torani, Torani, I don't really know how to say it, but they have an amazing sugar-free caramel option. Um, Their sugar-free salted caramel is a lot better than their regular sugar-free caramel. Um, But for those people who love a little caramel in their coffee but maybe can't have as much sugar, these are incredible options. The local coffee shops um, here all have them. I don't know why the bigger chains like Dunkin' and Starbucks don't have them yet, but I just wanted to give you insight onto the world of sugar-free caramel syrups. Um, all right. I hope that this message serves you well. Uh, me at home. Bye. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Oi, Rose. Jade Spriggers. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Peaky blinders. Oh, peaky blinders, mate. Put another Peaky Blinder on the Barbie, eh? I don't know about that. Yeah, all right. All right, mate. Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. (coughs) Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders. Crunch, crunch.